Hey everyone, this is Jamie Bateman. Real quickly, I wanted to share with you something uh, that's been pivotal in the growth and success of my businesses, and that is my partnership with Haven Financial Services. Um, I've been working with Haven for over a year now. Christine Valdez was on episode 70 of this podcast. So go check that out if you want to hear her story. It was a fantastic personal story for sure. But Haven has been awesome. They provide me with monthly reports that are super clear and discernible. And it, that provides me with clarity and focus so that I can do what I do best, which is running my businesses, not preparing financial reports. Um, again, if you're in the market for a top-notch financial service company, uh, or if you just want to check one out, go to www.jamiebateman slash Haven and check out Haven Financial Services. Again, that's jamiebateman slash Haven. I uh, can't recommend them enough. Christine and her team have been fantastic. So I definitely recommend you check out Haven Financial Services at www.jamiebateman forward slash Haven. Let's get back to the show. This episode is sponsored by the Integrity Income Fund, which is managed by yours truly and my team at Labrador Lending. The Integrity Income Fund is for accredited investors. It aims to pay an 8% preferred return and an 8.5% preferred return for early investors. It aims to pay out monthly distributions. There's a $25,000 minimum and only a one-year lockup. If you are an accredited investor and you're looking to get away from Wall Street, uh, looking to beat inflation, and looking for an asset class that is backed by hard physical real estate, then look no further than the Integrity Income Fund. Check it out at labradorlending.com. Wow. Just had the chance to interview Brian Chavis. Um, and uh, man, that's that was an awesome episode. Um, you're going to love this one. He went through... Um, Brian's a multifamily real estate investor. He's been in the game for two decades um, and um, went through some real adversity as a youngster, uh, graduating um, late from, from high school and uh, not being... Um, you know, the person who everyone thought would be successful. Um, and then more recently and more severely, I'd say, as far as the adversity goes, he's, he dealt with, um, in, uh, 2012 was, uh, found out on, on Christmas Eve that he had a, uh, brain tumor. And so we talk a lot about that and the ensuing years of, uh, uh, chemo and uh, recovery and, um, you know, all kinds of struggle related to that. And he's very clear now on his priorities and his, his schedule. Um, and, uh, you know, I think he felt like one of the things he learned was that he was probably a little bit complacent uh, at that point, even though he was a successful author and investor and real estate speaker and, and everything in 2012. Um, I think he realized after the adversity he's been through, um, or during and after that he could have been doing more and that life was so much more valuable maybe, uh, than he had been uh, viewing it as those are my words. Uh, but this is a, uh, fantastic interview. Um, you know, he's, he's just, uh, he's very clear on, on, uh, on his priorities and, and, um, carves out time for faith in the morning and uh, time for family in the afternoon and evenings, time for golf and, um, you know, an extremely successful guy. And he's got a, a big following and, and um, just uh, this is a, an inspirational episode for sure. Inspiring stories of real people overcoming incredible odds to live life to the fullest. We are all guaranteed to face hardships. How will we handle the adversity? Join us to be moved by everyday people who have turned poverty into prosperity and weakness into wealth. Be inspired as these relatable heroes get vulnerable and former counterintelligence investigator Jamie Bateman puts his interviewing skills to the test. Restore your faith in humanity as you experience true Cinderella stories of average people turning surreal struggle and deep despair into booming businesses and financial fortune. Take ownership of the life you are destined to live and turn your adversity into abundance. 
Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. I am your host, Jamie Bateman. And today I'm delighted to have a special guest with us, Brian Chavis of Buy It, Rent It, Profit Education. Um, Brian's got a, a an extremely uh, moving story, and I know we're going to dive into that. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm blessed, man. Thanks for having me. That's awesome. Now, where, where are you joining us from, Brian? Uh, Tampa, Florida. Okay, nice. Um, I was in uh, in the, in Tampa in March. Okay, nice for a, a mortgage note event. Actually, two different events, and we went to the the other coast after the the Tampa one. But um, for our listeners out there, I know you you have a, a pretty good sized following. But for our listeners who are unfamiliar with you, uh, who are you, and what are you up to today? Yeah, um, uh, who am I? Um, a father, a husband, uh, an entrepreneur, um, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, I guess my profession or my skill sets are, is multifamily. Mm-hmm. Um, been in the space for almost well over, probably close now, let's just say well over two decades. Um, started in the uh, apartment industry, the multifamily space, uh, started my journey on educating and consulting in that, in that, in that, uh, industry. Um, as a uh, instructor for the National Apartment Association, teaching their designations and training, so it's kind of how I morphed into, you know, the buy it, rent it, profit, formerly known as the Landlord Academy. Uh, you know, uh, how I morphed into that space and writing books and things of that nature, kind of all generated from the multifamily industry mm-hmm. to the coaching and consulting uh, and education space um, platform that we have now, which is known as buy it, rent it, profit education, but. Yeah, Perfect. the the the, the W two, uh, you know, the entrepreneurial passion is 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 the uh, is the multifamily space. Got it. Yep. And uh, so, what's just before we dive into your backstory? What's the uh, what's a typical week look like for you? <laughs> typical week, um, yeah. I mean, so up up eyes open around three thirty, three twenty, three thirty. Um, 4 a.m. up, um, and I usually try to just focus on, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give it to you. I, I kind of, I like, uh, Joel Osteen. So, mm. um, you know, if I'm not doing something out of the Bible app, some sort of, uh, you know, you can do a lot of lessons out of these, this app, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of great lessons in there. Um, you know, uh, uh, for entrepreneurs, you can grab entrepreneur. So I, some, I'll listen to that and let that soak in. So, you know, sometimes whether it be Joel Osteen, I'll let that soak in. So I'll do that for about 45 minutes. And then I, then I get started with the grind. Um, midday is usually the Peloton. Um, and, uh, you know, then I'm, you know, then I usually start winding it down right around three o'clock when I pick up my first little one from school, uh, Judah. And the phone goes from, active to that personal setting on your if you got an iphone mm-hmm. you know that personal setting it goes to that personal setting where it's kind of mm-hmm. i'm hard to get a hold of after three o'clock um then mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in that space of being a father and a husband um mm-hmm. we usually make it to the why usually the why on the weekends for the classes for exercise and then um mondays are our pipeline days where we're looking at projects and deals and Tuesdays are buying rent and profit solely based on buying rent and profit education. We're meeting with the team and we're working on curriculum, working on coaching or consulting and working on our various different packages and projects that we have there. Um, Wednesdays are my golf days where I sometimes I'll meet with who's in the passenger seat here is Dr. Mm-hmm. Danny, who's our director of, uh, of, um, of acquisitions at Chavis Capital. So we'll meet. For about a half hour, then we usually go into golf tech and, and practice. Thursdays is pretty much all podcasts and, and 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 the live Zoom trainings that I do and the consulting that I do. Fridays are my off or my personal day, so that's usually consists of doing you know sometimes in the morning one on one calls with a lot of our, our coaching clients and things. I, I have those that day scheduled for that. Uh, mid morning after those calls, mid afternoon, then it's back to golf. Um, I'm usually at golf tech or actually at, depending on the weather at, at the golf course. And then I, I usually, uh, getting, getting my practice in and, uh, my goal there is to 
qualified for a U.S. Open qualifier this year. So, you know, I'm always, nice. uh, always, always, always golfing somewhere, always <laughs> in the back gotcha. of my mind. Yeah. So there no matter go. what I'm doing, it's applicable. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. My wife yeah. and I just did, uh, my wife and I just did five golf lessons and I, and now I understand what I, <laughs> what yeah, I can't do. My, my advice would be, my advice would be stay away. Just, just play yeah. the 2K23, uh, the Tiger Woods video game. You <laughs> there you go. It's, yeah. It's I've avoided sport. it. I've avoided <laughs> it my whole life because, you know, I knew that I would want to get good and that requires time and money. A lot and, of time. Uh, <laughs> a lot of time. And, um, but uh, yeah, it was it was fun. We'll see where it goes. But that's awesome. You you sound like you're um, pretty structured, and but but more that you have your priorities, you know, defined, and and therefore your your schedule, kind of yeah. It, now it had always been that. the case, but uh, you know, over time you evolve, and uh, you know, and you uh, you hope to evolve over time. That's the goal. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it always I haven't always been structured. I haven't always been as focused. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah. You know, gotcha. advance, you know, that will talk about things that happen to you. Uh, you yeah. know, the idea is to evolve. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, let's, let's let's dive in. I know you've you've uh, told your story once or twice before, but um, <laughs> if you would, you know, jump back to whatever year you'd like and we'll start and go through kind of chron- chronologically some of the adversity that you've been through on the personal side. And we'll see what uh, lessons learned we can pull out for our listeners and um and and go from there so um you know i think uh you know from what i know you're the the, the ideal guest for this show i i typically throw in the qualifier i don't know how to that, take that <laughs> well that's well, a good we'll thing for, no. for adversity is that, a, is that a bad thing to be an ideal guest for your show well it is it's not only adversity though it's also to abundance so um there you, you know, go. and cool. and, and 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 I always th- usually throw in the qualifier that look everyone's story is different. I'm trying to avoid com- you know straight up comparison where oh this guy's adversity was was worse than this person's adversity and you know but the reality is you've been through some real hardship and trying times that we're going to dive into and then um, and I also throw in the qualifier that look we don't just snap our fingers and now we're magically in all abundance and we get to play golf 24 seven and we have no, no challenges. Um, so <laughs> with that said, uh, where would you like to, to start? Well, I mean, it, it's your show, so I'll, I'll let you guide, but you know, uh, just on the topic of adversity, you're, you're right. I mean, even before, you know, the brain tumor, you know, there was always adversity. I, I think, you know, some, I don't know. Some people are, are, are gifted. Some people are blessed. Whatever it is, you know, whatever your face, some say anointed, some say blessed, some say lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, it all depends on your perspective and how you look through the, you know, the lens. Mm-hmm. But there's some people in life that, you know, that some of us, um, some of your listeners um, are going to look and, 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 I, and, and be like, yeah, that's my Uncle Joe or that's my best friend, Tommy. Everything's easy for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're never, never faced with any adverse adversity. You know, there's those individuals like that. And then there's individuals like myself that seem, you know, that adversity just seemed to, to, you know, you know, uh, knock or be on their doorstep. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, a constant guest that guess you can't get rid of. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when we were, you and I were talking before in the green room about David Goggins, why I kind of mm-hmm. liked, you mm-hmm. know, some of the things that, that he was saying is because, you know, that's, that's the, I guess, you know, that's, that's the journey he's on. It's never been an easy journey. And so it's mm-hmm. just like, you know, his philosophy yeah. is smash it right in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I resonate with that. You know, everybody has different perspective. I'm never going to get out and run a hundred miles unless somebody's chasing me. So that's just <laughs> not necessarily my thing. You know, I do sure. like the exercise, obviously, yeah. but you know, everybody approaches what they've had to go through. Um, and I'm no stranger to that. You know, me in the beginning is battling the, um, you know, the, the, you know, the educational space, graduating late, 19 years mm-hmm. old with a special diploma, meaning, you know, the people make in front of the person that drives the short bus to school. Mm-hmm. You know, that was mm-hmm. me. I was on the short bus. You know, if it mm-hmm. wasn't for basketball, you know, I would never would have graduated, honestly, high school. Um, so thank God for, you know, the sport of basketball at that time. It allowed me to get out and, and, and also um, get into college. 
when I probably I, d- I definitely didn't really belong or qualify uh, to get into school. Um, back then, they had things called Prop 48. So, you know, I did that because um, I didn't pass the SATs. Um, but so things have always been a struggle. But the, the main yeah. struggle that I think, you know, your guests will yeah. identify. And, and, I, and, and, and I'll, I'll preference this real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say I've never passed an English class. You know, I failed probably every English class I've ever taken through high school. But yet, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you can't walk into any bookstore pretty much in the world and not mm-hmm. go to the real estate section and find me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you can't go to the U.S. Library of Congress and not find me. So at the end of yeah. the day, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this to your, you know, as 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 a preference yeah. to adversity yeah. is, um, you know, yeah, I wasn't a brilliant student. Yes, I was a special education. And yeah, you know, hey, there was, I was a, the butt of a ton of jokes, you know, through high school. Mm-hmm. But like I said, fast forward to where we are today, walking in a bookstore, and a lot of those yeah. people that were naysayers, a lot of those people that laughed about being on the short bus of school, a lot of them ain't laughing mm-hmm. now. You know, like I said, you ain't gonna find none of them <laughs> on any bookshelf, on any, on any, yeah. you know, anywhere. Yeah. That's so awesome. At, you at clearly made day, something of yourself for sure. It made a major impact. Right. Uh, so adversity is, you know, we're, we're, we're familiar, you know, it's, it's, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. So the overcoming the challenges, you know, where we're, uh, you know, I, I thought at that time that, you know, that was like, you know, that was the, the challenging part of, of who I, who Brian Chavis was. And then mm-hmm. in 2012 mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve, um, I was, uh, went to Disney with, then my uh, fiance and uh i guess i got sick i got the flu at disney um came home and got some flu medicine laid that on the couch she went out to get some stuff for christmas dinner and uh i had a major seizure uh christmas eve rushed mm-hmm. to the hospital uh find out on christmas eve in 2012 that i was uh that i had a brain tumor um not only a brain tumor because they say a lot of people are walking around with brain tumors and don't know it Dr. Danny, who's in the passenger seat here as a physician, mm-hmm. um, probably can articulate more than I can. <laughs> but uh, but mine in particular was on my motor cortex, hence the surgery or the seizures, and um, affected everything on my left hand side. So you know, I had to I had to deal with that and and then continue to run a business and operate with having these seizures on a daily basis, and then eventually three or four of them, you know, on a daily basis going through battling chemo, um, which I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish that on my enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, and still having to maintain and, 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 uh, and try to maintain a business and a speaking, yeah. uh, tour, uh, you know, that, you know, when I got sick and was on chemo, you know, a lot of folks had to cancel and I had to cancel mm-hmm. a lot of engagement. So there was a struggle of not only having cancer, but also the financial toll that, right. that, that uh that that dealing with this has on an individual so faced with a ton of adversity at this time back in 2012 absolutely i mean so if you would set the stage a little bit for us as far as prior to christmas eve you know what what was you mentioned your businesses already but what did your what did your life look like you mentioned your businesses and your fiance but kind of what was going on prior to christmas eve at that point i mean things and things were great at least I thought they were. And, 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 you know, you realize how, you know, again, what lens you're looking for, looking through. I think I was comfortable. I think mm-hmm. I was complacent. Um, but things were well. The book was doing well. I mean, you know, Buy It, Rent, Profit is one of those books where it's, you know, it's, it's the reason why they love it is because it's something that's timeless. So it's always done well. Speaking engagements were doing well. And, you know, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was on the outside looking in, I was doing well. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until getting sick and having to look through different lenses that I realized that I could probably be doing so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, so I think, you know, on the outside, well, yeah. but really was I, you know, mm-hmm. but you gotcha. know, that's, you know, again, that's, you know, that's, you know, not knowing what was coming up in 2012 on Christmas Eve, you know, yeah. it's, sure. if you ask me, I would say I'm doing absolutely great. Right. Got it. So, and and obviously, we're not going to spend the entire time on on Christmas Eve and those that those hours and days. And I, you know, that's the risk with this show is we gloss over so much pain and struggle that that you went through. And, um, but the fact is, you know, 
that was obviously an extremely difficult time. What was what was going through your mind just in those immediate the, the immediate days there, you know, that first week, say? Uh man, I wish I could tell you, uh, you know, and really articulate it to your viewers, but I can't because, you know, a lot of it is is stuff that you kind of put towards the back. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to kind of compartmentalize because it's mm-hmm. so much trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to sit here and to kind of really yeah, you know, I understand. Like those those I files is extremely I say I understand. Difficult, I don't fully but, understand, but yeah, but I, 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 no, I, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> but you, yeah, it's. I mean, everybody's faced with some sort of trauma, where they, you know, whether it's yeah. childhood trauma or whatever it is, abuse or substance sure. abuse, whatever it may be. Everybody has something that they put away. You yeah. know, and that's the only way you can move forward. But at the time, I know it was just a struggle altogether. Yeah. Everything was a struggle. Um, gotcha. Trying to maintain the business, trying to maintain your health, not knowing if you're going to be around. Um, you know, in a few months and, and, uh, no one was wanting to, at this time, no one was wanting to touch the tumor. It was more mm-hmm. so let's try to maintain it mm-hmm. because it was on my motor cortex, meaning if they removed it, they would mm-hmm. paralyze me. Mm-hmm. And so no one really wanted to do it. And so I was in that period of having the chemo and seeing if the chemo could keep it where it was it's without mm-hmm. it growing. And so it was a lot of that. It was a lot of the going to Moffitt. And I know a lot of people, and I'm not knocking Moffitt, but my experience wasn't great. You know, a lot of the feedback I was getting was just negative. It might have just been, you know, who I spoke to at the time or the physician I spoke to at the time, but it wasn't. I can remember it damn sure it wasn't encouraging. What, uh, I'm sorry, I can remember where, where, leaving there. What was that were you referring to? Moffitt, Moffitt Cancer Center. Oh, okay, um, got it, got it, yeah. You know, I'm yep. there and, and dealing with the consultants and speaking yep. to them and, I can just remember the news wasn't all that great. Gotcha. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, so the idea of what would happen if mm-hmm. they removed it and how I would be in the state of mind I would be in wasn't mm-hmm. really, I'm not trying to be a vegetable. I'm not trying to have someone change my diapers and feed me. And especially a yeah. fiance who was young and, a, uh, and had a, you know, a great career herself. So, you know, the mm-hmm. idea at that time was, you know, do I go out like that? I know I go out on my own terms. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of all know what I'm talking about. And so it was all, I was, I was constantly dealing with that mm-hmm. struggle of, do I, you know, do I, mm-hmm. you know, go out on my own terms or do I mm-hmm. risk it? And, you know, again, the feedback that I'm getting at the time from the physicians, it wasn't weighing on the favor of, oh, let's, 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 let's stick around. Let's, let's, let's see how things, how the cards play out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one day there's these guys that you, I used to live on a, in a place in Tampa called Davis Island, really nice spot. Um, mm-hmm. and every month these two young men, I think they were Jehovah witnesses, uh, would always stop by knock on my door. And I would remember always, um, um, you know, giving them water and just having brief conversations with them before I was like walking out to the golf course or going wherever I was going at the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, Always short conversations, but I would always make sure I gave them some water and just have, you know, just, you know, just brief conversation. Mm-hmm. I remember this time they knocked on my door and I really didn't want to see them. At this time, I was mm-hmm. set in my mind that I was going to deal with things my way. I'm going to go out on my terms. Mm-hmm. So I was dead set on walking out the door and I was on the on my way out the door. And these, of course, I opened up the door and these two are sitting on my doorstep. They're coming up the stairs. I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit. Yes, nah, oops, yeah. This is not, you know, I don't want to see these two. Right. So anyway, they start talking and um, we have this conversation. They can see it on my face that I wasn't really in, you know, in any mood. And so the, one of them asked, yeah. yeah, so one of them asked me who never talks, what's going on? And I mentioned to him what was going on. And uh, he was like, man, you're going to, you're going to, you know, make these type of decisions based on, on what a man thinks or what, even if he is a physician, he's just a physician. Mm-hmm. He can only give you his opinion. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to make this, these this decision and I guess he can just read it on my face what my decision had been so mm-hmm. you're gonna make a decision that you can't go come back from based on an individual what you mm-hmm. know he's like you know the little bit we know about you you've never been a person that did anything took anybody's opinion and 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 and, and, and made it set in stone mm-hmm. and yeah. you know now you're gonna do that and so you know it was a little bit more detailed than that and back and forth in the conversation but I can just remember um going, you know what? Yeah, you sound, yeah, that sounds about right. You know, maybe these doctors don't know everything. Sure. And so, you know, just giving you the Reader's Digest version, long story short, sure. somebody from Tampa General Hospital, a uh, great physician out of there said, hey, listen, you know, I can map his brain. 
I think I can make a run at it. He's an athlete, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's in great shape. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can make a run at it. I think we can remove the tumor. He will be paralyzed, but I think we can get he can get it back. So again, you know, just imagine this, you're, you know, we're going to cut you open. You're going to be awake, by the way, during surgery. While we're taking this brain tumor out of your head, you're going to be awake and you're going to wow. be paralyzed on the afterward. table. Wow. No, even afterward, you're going to feel yourself go numb and, and then lose your extremities on the table. But you look like you're. Like you're in shape, yeah. so we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. Oh my gosh! Gonna, I, gonna, I just gonna, can't even. I, mean, I, I don't mean to. I, I don't mean being, to laugh. I'm being, I'm being, well, I'm being funny. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. that 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 wasn't. Yeah. It's not the conversation. I mean, it's much more yeah. technical. They map your brain. They they give you odds and statistics, but it's it's basically like if for my golfers out there, it's basically like, well, it's a 15 mile an hour headwind. You know, you got an eight iron in your hand, you know, you can hit, you know, it's a 50-50 chance we're going to make the green, but more likely we're going to, you know what I mean? So it doesn't look good. You know, it's sure. like, you know, it doesn't look good. So And this this was um, how long, how long approximately after? So this was, uh, so 2012, so 2014 okay. is when they decided. So I had to spend up to two years with it in my head, dealing with these seizures, going through chemo. Um, drastically losing my business and losing my lot of my revenue because a lot of it revolved around me physically coaching yeah, and teaching yeah. and speaking and book signing and all these things. So without me sure. being on the road and doing, you know, obviously you can understand how the bills are piling up. And also sure. chemo for every dosage was dosage ten thousand dollars. Just keep that in mind. Over two years, how many dosage dosages, multiple dosages I had to take. You can do the math. The surgeries are millions of dollars. So it's just and that the exploratory surgery, just to, for the guy to cut it open and say, "Oh, this is what we're dealing with." Sew you back up, send you on your way. You know, to come, just to come up with some options, eight hundred potential plan. Right, eight hundred fifty. So, Whoa. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> the surgery. I mean, I don't count the you know you to stay in the hospital and all the various things. So you can understand what's going on and what you're dealing with. And so, um, so yeah, so now you fast forward to 2014. There's a guy that you know, uh, Doctor Jagal. Is it Jagal? I want to remember his name, and I wish I could off the top of my head. Like I said, I'm sorry, but a lot of you, a lot of this, you you kind of put in the in the in the back and lock it away. But um, Dr. Jagal was my oncologist. The physician that did it was uh, I forgot his name, but he was a a Puerto Rican doctor. I I wish I remember his name, but really cool dude. Took a chance, said I think I can do it. We're going to do this exploratory way of um, what is it? Anesthesia, anesthesiologist, doctor. Danny, uh, they, mm-hmm. they came up with this new way of doing the anesthesia. And, uh, the, the, I don't know how to say it. Am I saying it right? Anesthesia. anesthesia. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. They came up with a way to, to 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 numb me or whatever that stuff does. And and so, um, so they brought in these this team. And then when they woke me up on the on the table, and they already had my head, they already had me open. There's the guy that does the anesthesiologist, right? Is that, am I saying it mm-hmm. right? There's him, and then there's doctor, the doctor that was removing the tumor. Yeah, the surgeon. Yeah, the surgeon, and then a bunch of students right there at, at the feet of my. Um, that's why, if you look on my social media feed, you can see uh-huh. they took a picture of me, and I'm awake, um, and I, I smiled on purpose when they when they took the picture. Mm. Um, but you know, that's they removed the tumor. Uh, they did paralyze me. Um, you know, eventually it took, you know, some time for me to get it, everything back. And, uh, yeah, you know, you had, to, I had to learn how to walk, talk, brush my teeth, do all the, all the various different things again. And, uh, as the doctor thought I did eventually gain those things back. But, you know, I, I, I remember removing myself out of the uh, physical therapist and deciding to really just do my own physical therapy. And I figured I knew my body better than anybody. And, uh, so, you know, I started on my own path on, trying to get myself back. Um, but yeah, man, you know, over that time, it just was a lot of, a lot of reflection and a lot of understanding, a lot of testing of the faith. Sure. You know, I was always somewhat religious. I always believed in God. Mm-hmm. Um, I always believed that, you know, Hey, you know, but then, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously going through this, you think to yourself, well, what kind of God would, mm-hmm. you know, would, why am I praying to this particular God when everything around every corner has just been bad news after bad news? What kind yeah. of God is uh is this that I've been praying to for the last you know thirty years you know sure it's so you know you go to that things are... 
Yeah, it's easy, it's easy to be a be a believer when things are going well. Right? Oh God, yes, it's so much, <laughs> and that, and that the statement is so much easier just to you know to get along yeah. with God and and when everything is going really well. But like David sure. Goggins says, um, these are preparations. You know, uh, he wanted something for you better, but he couldn't get it to you, and you can't really share the message with things being so easy. Um, you know, the, the world doesn't need individuals. I mean, we can see this with the lack of leadership, don't matter what side of the aisle you're on left, right. There's a lack of leaders all the way across the board. There's a lack of leadership across, you know, in every party, there's just leadership is just in no longer in, you know, it's in short order. And so I think the preparation of, and, 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 and really in order to lead effectively, you would have to have suffering. You have sure. to have some sort of experience. You know, no, who's going to follow somebody where the life has been of, of, of ease? You know, you, you can't. Walk. Really, yeah. 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 Where it's been a cakewalk. So it's very difficult. So what was, uh, you know, 2014 kind of, and again, we're glossing over so much, but how, how long did it take you to get, you know, kind of back to kind of your, your pre Christmas Eve 20? Never. never. I mean, I've, okay. I've you know, I, I'd be honest with you, man, there's days where, I mean, you know, can I move my hands and do all that? Absolutely. But it was okay. my speech 100% back. No, I still I still feel like I slur certain words, especially mm-hmm. if I get hot. If I'm on the mm-hmm. golf course and things are really hot, you know, there's days where you'll slur your words and, you know, because you're over, there's, there's things, there's headaches and mm-hmm. you're never, you're, you're never back. But, you know, gotcha. ultimately I'm here. You know, I so, get to spend time with my kids and pick them up and do the things, you know. But no, you're you're never 100 percent back. Got it. So you've been it's it's been essentially 10 years that you've been dealing with this. Yes, correct. Uh, almost. Um, so now, just before I fire off some 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 other questions, what's uh how did you treat your business? What changes have you made to your business? You know, you mentioned you were such an integral part of your business with speaking engagements and all that. Um, I imagine now since you're able to set aside time to golf and, and, uh, be with your family and everything. I imagine you have quite a different structure than you had in 2012, uh, from a business standpoint. Uh, how, how's the difference? What's the difference? I would say it's still similar. I'm still, I'm still driven. I'm still required of it, of the business very much. Mm -hmm. So it's just, um, when you decide to prioritize and you decide to put goals in front of you, you'll be how you'll, you'll be amazed how, how you can organize and become more structured. Mm-hmm. I think everybody feels like, you know, hey, no, I'm doing things, I'm complacent, I'm, 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 I'm. Now you can, you, you can always, you can get you more structured. Can, you can do, yeah. More, yeah. You can get hyper focused. Um, so I don't think, you know, the business still, you're an entrepreneur, the business still requires time. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's like, well, while you're sleeping, you got to remember, I'm up. Hmm. So yeah. when you're saying, am I really? Uh, less involved? No, but I found more hours because I'm up at three thirty when you're still sleeping. Your eyes are closed. I'm up at three thirty. So yeah, I, you, yeah. you'd be surprised that you know you listen a lot what Kobe Bryant says and how he approached practice and how he approached the, his craft, mm-hmm. and you realize that man, listen, some you know Kobe was on his third practice by the time people roll into their first practice. Sure, that he sure. found time, and so you'll you'll be surprised when you get disciplined, you have a passion. You, yeah. you know, the, the, t- the time, uh, you know, you, you begin to you begin to, to get a little bit more structured and you find the time necessary to, to do the things you want to do. Got it. it may, but, but, it, but the problem is it requires great sacrifice. Mm. See, a lot of folks don't like sacrifice. They like to be comfortable. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, not, it's, it's like, yeah. you know, it's, that's fine because yeah. the brain and the body naturally for its survival seeks sure the path of less resistance and seeks yeah. to be comfortable. That's how Absolutely. you survive ideally. Right. So sure. it's a fight against everything that you, that your DNA, it's a fight against everything that you're brought up to believe in to, to, to be able to do it. But once you start tapping into that, yeah, you realize that you find time for, for those things. And that sometimes some of the stuff that you, you, you thought you know, needed to require your time um, wasn't really all that important. And so, yeah. you know, you start seeking, you know, your passion versus, you know, uh, uh, a paycheck or profit and yeah. you begin to restructure. And when you really understand and have one foot in the grave and the other on a banana peel, do you really understand how fragile and how that, that chase of the, the almighty dollar 
really mm-hmm. is it's not saying it's important not important but how right. how you have to kind of reposition and restructure your mindset on how to bring that income in and that takes a lot of structure that takes a lot of discipline and it takes a hell of a lot of sacrifice and that's why many don't ever really achieve it because mm-hmm. they can't put those things together so it sounds like this you know if we had to draw out what your what your approach and your life and your business how it looked pre 2012 or pre December 2012 versus now um what i'm hearing is that you got very clear on your priorities and um and and maybe added some more structure probably over time maybe not overnight but over time sure. more over uh, more structure to your to your life i mean you just mapped out you know every every week i'm sure certain weeks and days are different obviously but um what else would you say is is just i guess just if you had to pick you know one or two lessons learned from all this adversity um what would you say those are i mean there's i wish you you got honestly i wish you could give one or two there is no one or two lessons um sure. you know that's that's a bunch of horse Hey, look, here's five steps. Here's three steps. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying the most important or the only one or, but just, you know, I'm sure there's 10, 10 lessons or 20 or 30, but just, you know. Here, this is what you, the bottom line is, is to keep moving forward. There is no, there, my lessons and my steps and the way I put it together in my chronological mm-hmm. order to make it mm-hmm. work for me is going to be different than what it would be for what you're facing. You might have, I yeah. have two children. You might have six. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, you know, I might be an entrepreneur. You might be an entrepreneur as well as have a full-time job, but W2, your, mm-hmm. your circumstances, everybody, your listeners' circumstances is going to be different. So I'm not sure. going to try to say, here's some things. And this is what I will say is, is that discipline and the sacrifice and, mm-hmm. and like I said, moving forward, putting those yeah. things together, restructuring and having some sort of faith base mm-hmm. that you can lean on. Yeah. Uh, even though it's a trial and error, and, and even though, like I said, you know, to this day, I still ask, ask why and have questions. Sure. Um, but being trying to be grounded in something greater than myself, and yeah. having faith in something more than money, myself, yeah. uh, these things were really my faith and my discipline and the willingness to make sacrifice. Yeah. Um, you know, if you can figure out how to kind of implement those things. Uh, you know, I think, I think you're, you're much more equipped to face, uh, whatever challenges, uh, sure. you know, that your, your listeners are going to face. The, the bottom line is everybody eventually is going to face something. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, everybody yeah, eventually is going to face, go through, is going to face some sort of headwind. If I had to say over the course of the, the show, um, what the number one thing I've pulled out, at, um, from guests, it, it would definitely be. As far as what helped them get through this adversity, um, it, it would definitely be focusing on being a part of something bigger than themselves. And um, that could be, you know, faith. Um, but certainly, I would say, if I if I look back at all the episodes I've done, I think every single guest that faced major adversity and got through that, they shifted their focus at some point away from themselves. Not mm. to say that you know, not to say you should never focus on yourself or never, you know, accept that you're in pain or, but eventually you get to a point where you're, you're focused on others and impact. And, you know, that's just an observation, uh, you know, from that standpoint. So, um, yeah, I agree. um, Don't disagree at all. I'm going to fire off some, uh, some rapid fire questions. Are you you good with that? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. We're ready. What, uh, what's one thing that people misunderstand about you, Brian? <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's funny. I, I, I honestly, because after dealing with what I'm dealing with, I don't really, I don't, I don't really give a damn what, <laughs> what, what I, I, I put it out there and I really don't, I yeah. take zero stock in how you're going to receive it and how people mm-hmm. perceive me or receive me. I, that's mm-hmm. not my job is worrying about. If that was my job and something that I did do, I would have to get up at one instead of three or four in the morning, <laughs> you know, because yeah. you know, just preparing my day, worrying yeah. about how people think of me. Sure. So I don't. I don't. Okay. I, don't. No, I, don't. I love that. That's a great answer. Um, what would you say is one of your, you, you may frame it differently, but um, what's one of your biggest failures or regrets in your life? 
Uh, again, I, I, every one of those have helped shape me. So sure. I don't have any. So okay. if it wasn't for the failure, then sure. I wouldn't be, I, I don't think I would have been disciplined enough. I don't think, uh, I don't think I would have been disciplined enough sure. to face down some of the stuff that I faced down. If had it been for the challenges of always being the underdog, would I have been prepared to face the brain tumor? You know, sure. some may argue, yes, some may, you know, I, I personally, knowing me, I would say no. So, Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, you know, the failures that I have, I've learned to accept those and look upon them not as failures, but as, mm-hmm. as building blocks to help develop my character and who I am. Yeah, I love it. It's great. Um, if you could have coffee with any historical figure, who would it be? <laughs> and have coffee with anybody, who would it be? <laughs> exactly. I mean, obviously, for me, the, the obviously, I would love, you know, half, half, the, half the, the, the stories you read in the Bible, I would have loved to be able to. But you know, honestly, uh, that that's tough. I, I I glean from so many different individuals. There's so many great influencers out there. Uh, you know, um, ah, that's just a tough. That's a tough. I, don't, I mean, it, okay. it depends on the day. If I'm working on my golf game, hell, I'm gonna tell you, man, I'd love to sit with Tiger Woods. If I'm, yeah. you know, if I'm in this kind of like a philosophy thinking phase, it's gonna be, you know, I'd love to sit down with a, you know. You know, some days it might be Muhammad, Muhammad Ali or, you know, there's, nice. I, I wish yeah. I could tell you, but no I've got a, That's there's good. a ton of people I would have yeah. loved to sit down with, man. And maybe, Not maybe throw, throw David Goggins in there, maybe too. <laughs> yeah, you know, but he, he says he's so shy. So I don't think he's, you know, oh, okay. yeah. I, think, I think he opens up more, you know, on the, I don't, I don't want any parts of David Goggins, man. Cause he might have <laughs> you doing push ups and pull ups. Yeah, right. That's true. There's yeah. no, no time for conversation. No, yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know you have a, a, a book that's done very well. If you had to write another book, uh, this year, what would it be about? And uh, that's a great question. Cause I am going to write another book this year. Okay. Um, it's going to be more of a multifamily, investing in multifamily, kind of like an almanac, plus a mixture of my personal story and several okay. people that I think I've impacted um, in their lives, uh, their stories. So, um, yeah, that's that's that's, that's what great. it's going to be about. Awesome. Um, what's one speaking of your business? What's one challenge that you're facing in your in your business right now? Well, it wouldn't be a business if it wasn't multiple challenges. <laughs> uh, if it was just one challenge, man, it would life would be so much. I wouldn't have to get up at four. I could get up at eight. You know, like <laughs> but um, you know, yeah, I, I think the challenge for me in the space is, you know, the being able to um figure out how to be comfortable with yourself and your message when there's so much messaging going on out in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a new guru, a new expert every, every, every mm-hmm. week. There's somebody on social media, you know, that's a, that's an expert in multifamily sure. all of a sudden. Sure. Um, you know, sure. uh, you know, so it's like understanding how to navigate, you know, that, you know, it's taken me a while to just say, you know what, you have to, and I've heard Gary V say this, you know, you, the heck with what all the noise is you focus on, you know, you focus on what's in front of you. Um, And so just realizing how to focus on what's in front of me and getting my message out, um, whether that be one person or 100 or 100,000, that the idea has to be when you're starting a business to focus on that, who you're that, you know, if it's one client, you focus on that one client, because if you can't Mm -hmm. service one client, you can't service 10. And if Mm -hmm. you can't service 10, you can't service 100, so on and so forth. So just making sure that you understand and really stay to your strengths and what your sure. passions are and what you think your, 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 your message is. Mm-hmm. Even though there's so many millions of other messages, you just have to believe in your message that it's going sure. to resonate with the right audience. That's great. Um, since you've been in, in real estate and multifamily for two decades, it sounds like, um, do you have any, any thoughts on, you know, I'm not asking you to predict the the future uh, <laughs> per se, but, but are you, what do you think, uh, you know, what are you doing in your business based on market conditions right now? Yeah, uh, you know, I the, the future is, I can predict the future. The future is uh, is going to be unpredictable. So there's my, there's my, <laughs> there uh, there's my market analysis. But, you know, the unpredictability of any, any market uh, is where you find when you're a great operator and you're, mm-hmm. and you really understand. And I'm not talking about, 
the major topics that are out there right now in multifamily, which is acquiring deals and raising money. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about operations. Mm-hmm. When you're mm-hmm. when you when you've mastered the ability to navigate what I consider all five phases: the acquisition phase, the implementation, stabilization, growth, and exit strategy. When you've mm-hmm. been able to master the ability to navigate those five phases, when there's adversity, mm-hmm. you you like the adversity. It's like mm-hmm. again, I'll give you another golf analogy. Mm-hmm. When the when the when the winds pick up, and the greens are fast, and the course conditions are tough. You mm-hmm. like that because the field, you know, if you are behind, the field comes to you, you know, because people are going to start losing strokes. People are negative. Oh, it's windy. They're going to let that get in their head. Oh, the greens are too fast. They're going to let that mm-hmm. get in their head. See, some yeah. people can't face down adversity, but because of this story, and this is the, the whole reading behind your podcast, yeah, adversity, I find advantages in adversity. Mm. I mean, look at my, look at this, my story <laughs> yeah. in itself. I find advantages in adversity. So in the marketplace, the Mm -hmm. same thing is applicable. I find where others start falling and they start letting the wind get in their head and the greens being too fast get in their head and their strokes, you know, they start losing strokes and and the field starts coming back to you. That's when I pick up, up, that's when I see opportunity to go for the juggler. And and it's the same Mm -hmm. thing in this market. I don't care what we're faced with, high inflation, higher interest rates. Yeah, there's there's an somebody's going to unlock the key and find the you know the the the, the projects that that make sense. You're going to find markets and projects that make sense for every market, and that's you just sure. have to be a really sound in your fundamentals, being able to navigate those five phases. Got that's it. That's the key. Yeah, that's great. That reminds me of the somebody I interviewed on my previous podcast, Dave Van Horn. He's a he's been in the note space for a long time. Yeah, I know Dave. Do you big know? Dave. Okay. Yeah. Big yeah. Dave. Yeah. Yeah. He um. He mentioned something like, um, you know, as far as politics or, you know, legislation being passed that might affect real estate and notes and things. He's like, I don't I don't just tell me. He said something like, tell me what the rules are and I'll figure out a way to win. I don't I don't really care what the the rules are. Exactly. He's been around for so long and he's got his fundamentals down, um, That's it. you know, and it's slow moving enough that you can you can react and, and implement a plan based on what's changing around you back to the golf analogy if you're fundamentally sound mm-hmm. you know how to strike the ball you're fundamentally sound you can put the ball in the fairway listen man the course conditions you know mm-hmm. what i mean they might affect you but if you're mentally tough and you're fundamentally sound brother yeah. you know yeah just, awesome. just just point me in the right direction and yeah we can go low <laughs> love it that's great um as we wrap up here because i know you got you, you're a busy guy um and uh, what what is one book or two that you'd recommend for my audience? First of all, buy it, rent it, profit. <laughs> there you go. Be, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, if I didn't you know uh, mention my own book. But uh, you know, there's several books I love, several books I listen to. I I've, I've, I don't I don't understand the philosophy of and it, maybe because it's me, but I don't understand the philosophy of reading many books. Mm-hmm. You know. You know, guys I see on social media sometimes point to hundreds and hundreds of books. Some, yeah. I guess they pass me. I don't have that. <laughs> I will get me three or four books and read them for the next 10 years. And because okay. it, it takes me a minute to implement them. So if you're sure. like that, you know, I get the richest man in Babylon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I like the E-Myth. I'm always diving into the Bible and looking for lessons. Um yeah. it's awesome. You know, uh, so yeah, those, th- I would say outside of my book, uh, uh, the book, oh, Probably the greatest book of all, for me personally, is the Book of Five Rings. Okay. Um, the Book of Five Rings. It's about a samurai, Miyamoto Musashi, uh, probably Japan's greatest samurai, wrote a book called The Book of Five Rings, Go Ring No Show. Um, and right before he passed away, yeah, you know, he had like something of 20-something duels, 17 to 20-something duels, of course. You know, back then they dueled to the death. So, you know, pretty, pretty good record. Good one. But then he wrote this book. And it's a book of strategy. And uh, that has helped me uh, with my mental mindset. So huh. if you really love that, you can get it on audio, but it's called The Book of Five Rings. That's a great one. I'll have to check that out. I hadn't heard that one. I think I've heard of it, but I haven't. It's not heard for it, but... everybody because, yeah. you know, it's the samurai and it's a book, it's strategy. And it's, mm-hmm. but, you know, if you're kind of a fan of The Art of War, which would be another book, sure. but if you're a fan of those um, Zen leaderships, there's a book too. Uh, if you're a fan of that, 
type of philosophy, then you would, you would, you would, you would appreciate the book of five rings. Got it. That's great. Um, what is uh, one question that you wish I'd asked that I haven't asked? I don't, uh, that I don't, you know, this was your show. So I, you know, I, I, <laughs> is there, I react. So, uh, got no, it. no you've, it's been, it's been great. I love it. Um, it, if there's anything you want to cover before we sign off, feel free. Um, I got, think you uh, did a great job. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. that. Is, is, uh, should be well received. And, uh, you know, I think stories of adversity and listening to others face adversity, uh, is something that's really important, especially with social media. Um, yeah. everybody putting their best foot forward. Sure. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, that's what social media is all about. And there's a place for that. There's a place to brag and put your right. best foot forward and put a filter on. And, and there's a place for that. And there's a time for that. But, um, you know, too much of that, too much, too much consumption of that and seeing that and seeing people winning all the time can make you feel uh, really small. If things, if you are an entrepreneur like me, things are really slow. So, you know, you might start out parring every hole. And you just may be a slow start, right? Um, and it's negative. And you feel that watching that on social media that everybody's so far, you know, so so much farther ahead of you. Sure. So being able to have a podcast like this that kind of talks about adversity, taking the filters off, taking the rah rah out of it, yeah. um, I think is really important. I think you're doing a great job. So uh, kudos to you, and uh, I wish you all the success in yourself, your business, and your family, and with your Thank podcast you. moving forward. Really appreciate that, Brian. That's that's awesome. Um, where can our listeners find you online? Um, I have a YouTube channel, Brian Chavis. If you just type in Brian Chavis, you'll find our YouTube. I do a wonderful podcast myself called By the Block. Uh, every Thursday, I do a Facebook Live for everyone. Every Thursday, live training. Every Thursday on Facebook Live. And then you can always find me on Buy It, Rent It, Profit if you ever want to schedule a strategy call. You just go to buyitrentprofit.com and uh, and you can also find me in any bookstore throughout the world. Just go to the real estate section and look for Buy It, Rent It, Profit. There you go. Love it. Fantastic, Brian. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you spending your time with us today. Um, good luck on the on the uh, course, if that's today or tomorrow when you, <laughs> when you hit the link. A little next. practice today. We're headed into golf tech now. It's a little practice, but nice. we, we, we thank you. We appreciate it. Need all the luck we can get. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your story and being vulnerable with us and uh, really appreciate it. Thank and, you, uh, man. I appreciate you. To the listeners out there, thank you all for spending your most valuable resource with us and that is your time. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the From Adversity to Abundance podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Hey there, it's Jamie Bateman. Ever felt boxed in by life's challenges? Dive into my new book, From Adversity to Abundance, Inspiring Stories of Mental, Physical, and Financial Transformation, available now on Amazon. From a former bank robber's redemption to a young entrepreneur's victory over hurdles, these stories are not just inspiration. They're the roadmaps to your transformation. Whether for you or as a powerful gift to friends and family, especially those who might not tune into podcasts, this book is a beacon to a life of abundance. Ignite that inner fire and set your course to the life you've imagined. Purchase yours today on Amazon and light the path for someone you love.